Editing a live action video can be a tedious and long process. And that's where good software and a powerful computer is so critical. On this episode, expert Seb Lone joins us with actionable tips about editing live action videos. The video revolution is here and it's changing how we do business. Learn how to use video to engage customers and drive results here on the Video Marketing 2.0 podcast with your hosts, Joel Gubich and Brendan Carney. And listen for special offers presented throughout the podcast. Okay, we've talked often about how to create a decent marketing video using simple equipment like your smartphone. However, if you're really thinking about using these videos to showcase your business, its products, services, and brand, it's more likely that you're going to need much more serious video equipment and certainly more robust software. So on this episode, we're going to talk about that specifically. Welcome to Video Marketing 2.0. I'm Joel Gubich, Director of Business Development at ThinkMojo, and I'm joined by my colleague, head writer and creative story lead, Brendan Carty. And today, we also have our colleague, Seb Leom, who is our uh, founder of and partner at ThinkMojo and creative director. So welcome to the podcast, everybody. Let's talk how to edit live action soft, uh, live action videos. Yeah, Joel, this is such a uh, such an important part particularly of any video, but particularly of live action. And we'll get into animation in a little bit. But, you know, one of the things to remember, uh, you know, when I think when people look at live action videos, really good live action videos look really simple. You know, like they look like everything happened on one take, right? It's all natural. Everybody's, you know, uh, into it. It just seems like a snapshot of real life. But in reality, live action productions are long, tedious. You're going to have so many takes for, for every scene that's actually included which means the real task is putting it all together. You know, it's it's been said, you know, anyone can shoot a movie. Not everyone can actually make a movie. You know, ma- the making of it is the editing. So for that, we you need, obviously, some really good editing software. So Seb, obviously, is uh, being very heavily involved in, in this side of the production. He's a great resource to talk about that. So, Seb, I'll just put the basic question to you. Why is good editing software so important in a production. <clears throat> so, uh, hi, hi, Brennan, hi, Joe. Very happy to I'm, be I'm here. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Seb. Hi, we're very. <laughs> yeah, oh, fine. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. But Seb, um, Seb is Seb is French, so he's much nicer than us, Joel. <laughs> that's not true. Are you well, saying, I, you're saying Americans are coarse and rude? <laughs> oh, you just said that, and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well. Okay, so um, yeah, editing software is is critical. It's very important when you edit. Uh, first of all, because as you said, Brendan, when you when you shoot a live action project, uh, first of all, it's very tedious. There's a lot of uh, of it going through that, but then there's as much going on the even more on the editing. Uh, and typically, uh, let me start by saying, <clears throat> when you actually shoot a production video, uh, what happens is that you write the story like a first time when you when you write the script and imagine imagine all the you know the the video, and then you cannot rewrite that when you actually shoot on the shoot on the the day of the shoot because so many things happens, uh, things go goes differently, and then there's always 
you know, stuff happening. So you have to adjust all the time. So it's kind of a, there's a kind of small rewrite happening most of the time. And then, and then on the editing uh, stage, that's the same thing. Sometimes you realize, oh, well, we actually don't have this particular uh, scene or, uh, you know, we don't have, uh, it's not the right angle with the camera, whatever. There's always stuff that you have to adjust at the same time. And then uh, sometimes you think, uh, you want to edit that way, but you you realize it doesn't work that way, so you have to adjust. So uh, my point is, do you actually have to rewrite a little bit of the story too on the editing stage? So <clears throat> uh, is, both of these stages have like a real impact on the end result. And editing, uh, it's a very it's kind of a tedious and long process. Uh, and the the importance of the editing software is critical because it makes your job like much much easier if you have like a, a solid uh you know the solid tools that you need to get the job done and also something very important is that in the in the industry uh you know timeline is very important you have to hit the deadlines and usually they're all very very com- compressed and you don't have that much time so it's important to have like the good software and hardware to make your job easy to go fast because pretty much every day every extra day you you spend on projects is you know, more budget on your side. Uh, and so you have to get the job done well and uh, fast. So we've all heard of the miracles of post-production, right? And that it's sort of like this uh, mythological thing that I think some sometimes clients overestimate, right? They're like, oh, well, you know, just add in this and, and do that as if like everybody is is Disney, right? So <laughs> exactly. what, let's be, let's set the groundwork. What, what's realistic for editing? I mean, what can you do? In editing, what can't you do? So that's a pretty good question because we get a lot of of that with the clients and you know on the the projects. And it's important to, important to realize a lot of of you know that is doable in editing and post production, uh, obviously. But the thing is, uh, every extra thing like that you add to the project, uh, you know, add a lot of work on the the post production. So you. It's it's realistic to the point where you know it fits inside the budget that you have to work with. But uh, so my point is that you can do pretty much anything as long as it fits the budget. As but every th- single thing that you add on top of that, it may you you know it make you reach the your budget and your budget limit. It becomes hard. So for example, let's say uh, there's you are on the shoot you are on the, the day of the shoot and there's I don't know there's a tree in the back that you want to remove because it doesn't look so nice whatever you you can just say well we just remove that in post production or in the editing yes you can but you just re- have to realize it's gonna add you like a few hours or maybe like half a day of work just to that for that uh, and that's something that you you could have avoid pretty easily if you just you know shift the camera angle a little bit on the sh- so it's like a five minute fix on the, the right. actual day of the shooting. But it's it's if you don't do that on the day of the shoot, you know, it's probably like a few hours or half a day of work on the post production. And so if you do that for you know five or ten thing, things like that during the shoot, well that's probably like a few days even weeks of extra work you give yourself. For you know later in the process, so uh, you know my point is that it's realistic to to have a little bit of that, but obviously the more you do that, the more you have the, the impact on the budget and the timeline and everything. So it's something you have to really keep in mind. And what about? I think one of the uh, the most common requests that you get in post production is the client will see the video, 
for the first time, or maybe you yourself will see the video and you see everything come together and you think, you know what? This one point isn't coming across as well as I would have liked. So they want to add a line, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, let's let's just assume for a second we're not going back and reshooting, right? Because it, it's <clears throat> it's almost impossible to you know within the budget and you know to even get like the same lighting, all that stuff. So they often the request is, well, just add a line in voiceover, right? Just throw it in there somewhere. How easy is that? What are the what are the concerns? I mean, you can't just have someone looking at the actor, looking at the screen, right, without their mouth moving and just throw in, you know, a line on top of that. So what are the options when, when it comes to editing that in? Yeah, it can, it can get pretty uh, tricky, pretty complex to, uh, to have these kind of uh, challenges. And it happens, like, uh, quite a lot, actually. But, yeah, because we are very limited to, you know, the footage we had we have from the the shoots so um, let's say well we just want to add a line yes that's that's fine but we also have to have you know enough footage to insert and uh, you know to have this extra line so to sort of bridge the gap you mean exactly exactly yeah. so sometimes we have you know the the tech is kind of uh, quite long so we can make it last longer and just kind of insert the the extra line and that's fine but sometimes it just you know we don't have much more than what what's already in the the rough cut so we actually have to find another take uh you know like say we we focus on something else we we show a close-up of a a computer whatever something that we don't actually see for example the actor so we we show something else and then we add this extra line of dialogue or extra line of uh, voiceover uh but but again this is limited to the kind of uh footage we have so if we only shoot for what was on the storyboard uh, and we don't have pretty much, we don't really have anything extra. It, it can, it can become pretty tricky. If we have more, uh, if we, have, if we shot more than, you know, what we wanted and we have a few extra, you know, uh, stuff, well, we can look through that and try to find something that would, you know, work well and insert, insert that in the, in the rough cuts of the, the video. And sometimes that works, but it, it's even, even like that, it can get pretty difficult because it's, uh, it's, you can feel a little bit abrupt and you can be, uh, it's, it, the flow doesn't work so well. So every time someone asks for this kind of changes, it's, uh, there's no guarantees. Like we, we, we always try to find a fix, but it's, uh, not easy. All right. I think that, uh, takes us to a, uh, a good point to, uh, cut to a break. Uh, we'll be right back after a short word from one of our sponsors. Uh, with Seb as we talk about some specific editing software. WistiaFest, the fest for all things video marketing, is just around the corner. With three days of forward-thinking content from the industry leaders in video marketing, this year's WistiaFest runs from June 5th through the 7th in Boston, and it's bigger and more badass than ever. Go to wistia.com slash wistiafest for more information and register today. If you want to build something that'll last, you need the right tools. In today's business world, video marketing is the tool you'll need to drive long-term growth. So get off the sidelines. Contact the video marketing experts at ThinkMojo and start using video as an essential part of your strategy. Visit thinkmojo.com slash smart video and mention smart videos for an exclusive offer. ThinkMojo, smart video for modern business. So in the second part of the podcast, we're going to talk, continue the discussion about editing software, you know, considerations when it comes to 
making sure that that creative vision is edited into the uh, final product. And then we're going to finish with some recommendations, ideas about specific video editing software that you could use yourself. So this is a concern that I would have if I am not the person, if I'm the director or the the person that is uh, the vision person for the for the entire project. If I'm not the one that's doing the editing, how do I make sure that the in post production that my vision is going to be edited into the final product? Yeah. So, and this is basically what happens most of the time. Typically, uh, the director and the creatives behind the the video they they don't necessarily do the editing. So, uh, the editor would would be someone different and. Uh, most of the time he won't even be in the, you know, on the location the day of the shoot. So, uh, it's very, very important to that the director and the, the creative team behind the, the video, uh, communicate very well with the editor and give him or her the vision to, uh, you know, that they want to reach with the video. So, <clears throat> uh, so there's a lot of, uh, communication and discussions that goes with before starting the editing. And obviously there's a lot uh, discussion going on throughout the, the, the entire process. Uh, so what happens is that usually the, the editor w- would send rough previews of, uh, you know, what he's working on to the director and they can discuss that and, and then he can say, okay, well, there's different ways we can edit this scene. Uh, we have like a few different camera angles. So that's, so let's say that's two or three different ways I'm thinking of. Uh, what do you think? Do you think it translates your vision, uh, you know, properly? Is it, are we on this on the same page? Uh, so that's kind of the process. So you know, the back and forth between the director and the editor, and and there's especially a lot of discussion at the beginning of the process, and then when the editor starts to really get the vision and the style of the director, well, you know, as the process go. Uh, he get, he gets more comfortable and have like a better idea of the vision, so it goes faster and smoother, you know. Uh, but yeah, communication is is critical. It's very very important at this point. And I think the you know that it's so important to realize that everybody involved in this is really part of the creative process. You know, the editor has so much power, and like we said. We talked about in a previous episode about when you're filming live action, for instance, you know, you do it a different, you do scenes a couple of different ways. You want to give yourself as many options so that you know you have everything at the end. But like you just said, Seb, you know, if you have a scene that's filmed three different ways, you know, you have to have the, the editor has complete control over how the final product turns out based on which combinations they choose, how they curtail it, you know, and like, and so much of a video is made in like those little pauses and, and the timing and things like that. So, I think that's such a great point that the the editor has to be completely woven into the creative team and not just this, you know, technician that is handed this, the you know, uh, pile of film at the end of the project. Now, I think it, it would be good to close now with some specifics about, you know, what kind of editing software people can really uh, use and, and what they what they really need to look out for. So, Seb, what, what are the. If you want to get into specifics of, of you know different kinds of software, that's great. But what are the kinds of things that people should look out for uh, in editing software? Sure. So yeah, there's a few things you have to keep in mind when you look you know for a good editing software. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so and again, it depends on the kind of the budget you have and how technical you are and uh, things like that. But uh, like a few things you have to to look for is obviously the kind of uh, 
uh, input formats you are able to import in your editing uh, software uh, because you know you can capture videos from your you know, your your phone or uh, you know a DSLR camera from uh, you know any kind of different cameras sometimes uh, even just taking you know images uh, and want to use that in your video uh, so you have to have a good uh, software that would be able to you know import and handle all kind of different formats uh, formats so that's that's one thing uh second thing is you know the output formats like you want to be able to export your final editing uh to you know like very generic uh video formats could be like an mp4 that uh, move there's a ton of different formats uh, and codecs and stuff and you want to make sure that you're not you know uh, tied to one specific format alone because you want to be able to share the video on max on a, you know a lot of different uh, uh, channels like whether it's on the web or you know you just want to play it on your computer or send that and be able to uh, play it from the phone and so you need different formats so you want you want to make sure that the format you want to work with well the software is able to handle that too as as much as the input uh, and the output. Uh, a, f- a few other things too is that you want to be ideally you want you want to pick a software that is able to hem- handle multiple tracks. Uh, and what I mean by that is when when you are import you know your clips into the the timeline of the editing software, you want to be able, if possible, to to be able to have two or three different tracks. So you can overlay different kind of, uh, you know, footage one on top of the other. Uh, so this way you can make transitions and you can try a few things and you can add annotations and images and, you know, do some uh, basic uh, visual effects to it. Uh, so that so that's typically really helps. And the last thing I would say is try to pick a software with a good, like a, a solid community behind it. And what I mean by that is, uh, a software that it is used by enough people that it's easy to find resources online. You know, like there's, you know, good forums about it, good articles, uh, good, you know, a lot of videos on YouTube, whatever, that helps you understand how the product works and you'll give you tips and tricks and stuff like that. Uh, so you, it's easy for you to train yourself. I was actually going to ask, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, How hard is this stuff to use? Do you need to take a training course beforehand or is it is there a low bar of entry uh, to, to some of these things? It's so it, it really depends on the software. Like for the, I would say the professional software, uh, like the, the stuff that is used professionally on, you know, live productions and, you know, real movies and things like that. It can get pretty technical and pretty heavy to get into it. Though there are a lot of, you know, uh, more basic software. Some, some are free or very cheap. And these ones typically are very user friendly and, you know, the barrier to entry is pretty low. So it's very easy, especially because nowadays it's, it's so easy to find the resources online. Uh, you can look for it on Google, YouTube. There's tons of free tutorials. People that are passionate about it and, you know, explain the basics of the software. So uh, I would say the software part of uh, editing is actually easier to get than the actual uh, concept of editing. It's it's much harder to learn the basics in terms of how am I going to tell and edit the story. This is much mm-hmm. more difficult than actually, you know, being able to uh, manage the, the software itself. Okay. And so the- we'll have on our, on the show notes page, we'll have a list of a number of uh, editing software packages, both for the PC and for the Mac. But talking about a computer, actually, that's something that a lot of people – 
don't realize how much computer power they might need in mm-hmm. order to be able to use good editing software. Because because live action movies take up a lot of uh, memory, don't they? Absolutely, yes, that's true. I mean, uh, even though we we have more and more powerful uh, computers nowadays, uh, pretty decent, you know, power uh, though. You know, HD videos take a lot of memory and they're very, you know, computer CPU intensive, uh, which means when you want to play and edit that on your computer, it can become uh, pretty, pretty difficult. If you're editing on a laptop, like a low entry or middle entry uh, laptop, uh, sometimes, you know, it's not even powerful enough to actually play or edit or render the video because, you know, this kind of footage is pretty heavy for the, the computer. So you want to make sure you work with like a decent enough, uh, you know, laptop or computer to edit and to output the, the videos. Uh, and it works, I think like most of computers nowadays, they will be able to edit like full HD videos. Uh, so it's 920 by uh, 1080p uh, pixel. But if, if you want to go higher than that, like, like you know, currently... A lot of production, they, they do stuff in 4K, so it's like super, super high resolution. And unless you have like the proper, you know, hardware to do that, it's it's very tricky uh, because it takes so much, uh, you know, power out of your computer. Uh, and even the storage, like if uh, typically for a day of shoot, you probably have like a full, uh, you know, almost one tera of, uh, you know, uh, space that you need on hard drives just for just one day of shoot so uh yeah it's pretty it's pretty intensive so should somebody also be using an external hard drive so that they're not clogging up their their yeah ideally that's what you want to do so so if you're shooting with like very high resolution like 4k uh you definitely you know want to use external hard drives and something else you want to absolutely do when possible, uh, but I strongly advise it to do it all the time is to have backups of this hard drive because, you know, you never know what ha- what's can happen. And then sometimes it could be a problem with the hard drive or you could just lose it or break it, whatever. And if that's the case, it's like, a, you know, thousands of dollars wasted because you don't have any backups. So that's very, very important that you always have at least one backup of the, the all the footage. Uh, so ideally you need a couple of external hard drives. I think that's a great place to, to stop for the day. I know the, uh, that we've covered a lot here, not only what kind of editing software to use, but I think Seb's point was so great. It's not just about how to use it, how to use the software itself, but it's how to learn about editing, you know, how to learn what to edit and and how to edit it down. So there's a bunch of that, maybe a a taller mountain to climb, but there are a bunch of, uh, resources on, uh, on the web. We can actually post some on the, uh, the show notes page about that. So you can go there to our website. It's video marketing Uh, we'll have a, a bunch of resources up there. Uh, you can also download our podcast there or directly at iTunes and Stitcher radio and be sure to leave a review because that's what allows other people to find and love this podcast. Like I'm sure you do. So I want to thank our special guest and colleague, Seb Lohm. Uh, come back soon. This is, uh, it's a lot easier when you're here. And uh, <laughs> not that it's ever hard with Joel, Joel Gubich, <laughs> uh, my partner, uh, and myself, Brendan Cardi. We thank you for listening and tune in for another episode of Video Marketing 2.0. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Video Marketing 2.0 presented by ThinkMojo. For more help on how to drive results with video, contact ThinkMojo, the video marketing experts at info at thinkmojo.com or visit thinkmojo.com for more information. <laughs>